everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal Show, presented by eBodyboarding.com and Tribe Boards. On today's episode... And in between, grommets would get corndogged and pink-bellied, right? Uh, it, 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 it was brutal back then. Uh, I'm surprised. I mean, to be quite honest with you, it was brutal. Yeah. It was brutal. I mean, you know, pink bellies, corn dog. You know what? It, it's funny. After winning the third nationals, I think it was 83, I made a stupid I made a stupid announcement, you know, <laughs> on the beach that I'm retiring. I remember you know, that. I want a thousand bucks. This I'm, is my retirement. Yeah. I those words. 83. I got a thousand bucks. I'm rich. I'm, I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm done. You know. And people thought you were really retiring. Yeah. Um, that was very. That was very gratifying. 83. <laughs> I wanted to get now. So I wanted an 80, 81, 82, and 83. So that's four years in a row. Um, in 84, I lost motivation, but no excuse. I lost motivation. Pat Caldwell won. Um, he absolutely killed that final. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if 85, I, I, I went to Mexico. I'm not sure if it was 85 or 86, but um, I got sick and I missed the whole event. Yeah, I was in emergency room getting my stomach pumped. Jeez. But um, the one year I, I, I really set my goals, I think it was 86, and um, I, uh, I snuck away up to Santa Cruz. Yeah. And I did, that's, that's where I would do a lot of my training in, in, in that area, in a couple of the long, couple of the reefs up there. And I, I trained for about a, a, a week up there, and I count this road. I free surfed and I contest road, and then I went to the event at the pier, and I made it through round one, round two, round three, semifinals, and then in the final, my first wave dropped knee roll, boom, it came down, got a really good score, and mind you, I think we needed four waves. Yeah, best your best four your best counted. four waves, and then second wave, you know, a big big old snap, um, and I was just on a roll. I, I, if I had to pinpoint one event that was the most gratifying, it was taking the title back. I, it would have to be eighty five. Yeah, it would have to be eighty five because you put in the work and you felt like it was vindication uh, of all the work. Yeah, you put yeah. In. So I've I've had good success at that at that event. I think I won it six times. I can't remember if it's five or six. Sorry about that <laughs> music. Hang on a sec, guys. There we go. We're, yeah. The music's off. So I so I recently went to my parents' house and, and started counting the trophies, and I counted five. But wow. th- but then again, my parents didn't uh, um, because you know they moved from Waikiki to the Big Island, and they didn't reassemble all the trophies. It's just just the, the ones that you know kind of look shiny, uh, I guess. But yeah. I think I won the event six times. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think the year that I, I won the title back, which probably was '85, was my most gratifying win. Well, kind of a good way to, to go out, you know, from competition is having that comeback win and. You know, at, at around 85, you know, the tour was still going on. Actually, the U.S. tour mm-hmm. was just starting up, obviously. Yeah. So you refocused. We already talked about the what became the Bud Surf Tour, and you had a great career in that, mm-hmm. especially initially when you won the first year they had that tour. But yeah. um, let's move away from competition talk, and let's talk about your briefly about your 
connection with San Clemente. I mean, you started spending your summers here. How did that all come about? So 1980, I was um, invited to the Nationals. But uh, so I stayed in Oceanside. I stayed at... uh, Patty's house. I recently found out that was actually Roger Waller and Scott Evans' house as well. I stayed there too. <laughs> One year for the Nationals. Yeah, 925 yeah, South Pacific. Same. Yes. And um, so I stayed there for a brief stint, and that was that was 19, 1980. Yeah. And then the next year I came over, which was 1981, 80 and 81, naturally. I can't remember if that's the year I... Um, I think it was it was um, I stayed with Tony Prince that year. No, no, no. So, Tony Prince's house was it was eighty two. Okay. So nineteen eighty one, I actually um, um, spent my time between Oceanside and I stayed with um, Carl Ring. Okay. Carl Ring, who lived in Mission Viejo, but um, I went down to T Street every single day. And because that's where he went. Like yeah, he told the, the, you go to this spot, T Street. Yeah, well, T Street, T Street was where you know he, uh, he he cut his teeth. Yeah, uh, you know, right in right in the boogie, and I just I just really really enjoyed the area. Yeah. And then my last day in San Clemente, before going back down to Oceanside and and taking off out of San Diego Airport, um, I paddled out. Um, I got about four or five waves, and Rick Goddard who's a San Clemente uh, photographer, a legend in, in photography, uh, not just in San Clemente, um, took a few photos of me. Yeah. One of them was a barrel. One of them was, was me spraying this little kid. One of them was a bottom turn. Oh, and, and another one was of me hitting the lip. And then um, a couple weeks later, a couple weeks later, um, I think I received a phone call asking me to, you know, asking me to, uh, for, for my permission uh, Maury wants to do an ad. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a- that. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> that, I mean, that right there re- really made me um, really like San Clemente. Yeah. Really like San Clemente. And then, and then 82, I spent the year um, um, with Tony Prince, um, which we called the Polizada Hotel. It was on Polizada <laughs> Street. And um, it was, you know, he had a couple roommates. Uh, he was really good friends with Pat Caldwell. Yeah. And so it's funny enough is um, that is when we first met Mike Stewart. You know, Mike Stewart came over to Sandy Beach out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And, and he started ripping, ripping Sandy Beach on one of the first... Mach 7 prototypes oh, okay. but Mike Stewart and I shared a room at the Polizada Hotel Funny. yeah and th- I mean really that's how I really um, um, became attracted to Sanctimony and, and came back every single year yeah yeah and you you became such an ingrained part of the surf culture here that you became citizen of the day at one point Fred Swaggles who still writes for the local newspaper by the way yeah um, he used to have a citizen of the day in the San Clemente Sun Post, and you got it. Guy from Hawaii. Three times. Three times? Yeah, three. Well, because, you know, because at, at back then, back then, I spent probably f- um, five months of the year in San Clemente. Yep. Five months of the year, um, six months of the year um, back home, and one month wherever, wherever it would be. And then most, yeah. of the, most of that time was actually... This is this is this is closer to like um, eighty seven. Um, I would spend close to a month in Cronulla. Yeah, 
wow. in Australia. Wow. So, yeah, six months, four months, you know, one month or two months uh, completely on the road. But you always um, seem to, like, do a great job of meeting up with the, the, the most prominent local surf stars. Like, you were buddies with Archie and... Dino and probably Mike Parsons, all those guys, you be, or you became, you know, surf buddies with them at least, right? Yeah, so I, again, so I believe it was 1983, the year after I stayed with Tony, I came down to San Clemente, um, and I met Archie in yeah. 82. So Archie came over to Hawaii also in 82, um, took him surfing VLAN. He met Caven back then. And so when I came over in 83, I needed a place to stay. Yeah. Stay with Archie. <laughs> stay with Archie. Yeah, Archie was a little kid. And, 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 uh, and wasn't Martin Potter staying with one of those guys? I know you, Potts no, used to spend time. Potts here. stayed with, um, at first, Potts stayed with um, legend lifeguard um, Mike Gerard, mm-hmm. and then he started hanging out with Jimmy Hogan. Oh yeah, a little more. Mm-hmm. And Potts and I became really good friends back then. Yeah, now, Pat, Potts was um, Potts was one of the reasons why I uh, eventually got um, hired by O'Neill. Oh, cool. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot of I mean that surfing influence kept going and kind of fueled your whole existence. I think. I'd like to say that you learned a lot about being a pro bodyboarder, maybe from, you know, being around these guys who were pro surfers, right? I mean, did you learn some stuff from those guys? Uh, um, a, a little bit, a little bit, but again, it goes back to, uh, to, to Sean. You know, Sean, um, and this, this is what blew me away, is um, I can't remember what year it was, probably 79, Sean Thompson um, drove from the North Shore to do an autograph session at Surfline Hawaii. It was Ben Ipa's surf shop, and here I am. I'm, I'm a I'm a boogie boarder, and Sean looks at me. Hey, what's your name? I'm, I'm Keith. Sean gives me an autograph. Sean gives me an autograph. Okay, and I I hung out the, the entire ninety minutes that Sean was there. Okay, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm waiting at the bus stop, ready to get my bus back home. Or, or go to, go to the beach, and here is this blue, busted up car, North Shore car, right, <laughs> backfiring and everything. And all of a sudden, it stops at the bus stop, and it's Sean. And Sean goes, "See you later, Keith. Nice to meet you." And so he, he remembered you. He remembered me. Oh my right? god! And he, he, the fact that he had that professionalism in him to acknowledge me, you know, someone who we just met. Yeah. You know, at, a, at an autograph session that that shared the love of the ocean, but not the same craft. Yeah. Right. That 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 pointed me in 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 a direction of of being a professional. Which dovetails into what I'm about to say. I moved to California. I've already covered this in a previous show. I moved out here in '87, initially living in Oceanside, and then Keith had uh, lived in an apartment down at uh, down by the pier. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple roommates, and I, my roommate Dave Kniff, moved out to take a job with Club Med. I didn't have anywhere to live, and Keith said, "We got a spot on the couch for you. One of our roommates moving out in a month. Just crash on the couch for a month, and then you got a room." So, I moved in with Keith, and that was the beginning of my pro bodyboarding career. I really didn't know much, but. 
I learned so much from this guy about how to be a professional, not just a good bodyboarder, because I was never that great, <laughs> but I learned good. how to be, how to, how to do the business side of the sport right. And I learned almost all of that from Keith. And I'm, you know, I've told you this before, I'm forever grateful to all that I learned from you. And I know you used to you know, take my wetsuits when they would come in the mail just to, just, to bum, just, just to ride me a little bit, which is what roommates and friends do to each other. But, um, you know, it, it was all in fun. And, man, so many business, you know, tips that I learned from this guy. He was the quintessential master of not just how to ride well, but how to deal with his sponsors, deal with the public. You know, he was always there at the autograph signings, throwing out stickers, signing every autograph for everyone. He wasn't one of these guys that said, man, I'm too tired. I've been surfing all day. I just want to go home. Where are these kids? I'll sign the autographs. He was on it all the time. And people remember that. Sponsors remember that. And that's why he had such a long and illustrious career. So, you know, I could go on, but I don't want to embarrass you too much. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, thanks, Jay. Well, you know, it's funny because because um, again, you know that, uh, that that little instance with Sean pushed me, and then there was there was um, another milestone in that um, part of my O'Neill contract was photo incentive. Yeah, and I really didn't know how it worked, but you no, know, I was wearing the wetsuits, etc. And all of a sudden, I got, I have a shot in a magazine and a big old O'Neill logo sticking sticking out. And um, I took a chance. I took that took that that shot. I gave it to the marketing manager, who was Willie Morris back then. Oh yeah. Put it on Willie's desk, and he said, "I'll take care of it." A couple weeks later, I get a check for seventy five bucks, and I just go. All I had to do was make a photocopy and send it in. Exactly, exactly. And from that moment on, you know, it 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 was it was game on. Yeah, it was game on. It turned in it turned into you know me having the logos there, then me really um, um, checking out photos of. Here I am, bottom turning, but I can't see the logo. So I'm going to ask O'Neill to put the logo here. Okay, yep. here I am, bottom turning. And you can't see any logos on the deck. So I started stenciling logos on my fins. Yep. I started stenciling logos on <laughs> on my board. I make stencils. That's how I talked about this in a prior show. And I talked about learning all of that from you, specifically the fin thing. Because when you're dropping yeah. your foot covers... Yeah. The logo, so right, and and, and and so it, it came it came to the point where I could do a a, a, a big cutback in front of the photographer Aaron Lloyd or, or whoever it may be Hank or or, or Flame back then yeah. uh, Mike Moyer, and all of a sudden there'd be six logos, and depends on where the photo was you know in the magazine if it was a quarter page it'd still make good money yeah. but if it was a cover that's $500 per Heck logo yeah. and pay your rent for two months yeah oh our, yeah our rent down uh, on Avenue yeah yeah so, so you know one photo <clears throat> you know being on the cover you, you're, you're three grand richer back, yeah. back then that was huge money you know, that was, give me three grand today, I'll, I'll still take it. And I talked about in my previous show how I think I learned this from you, Keith, when we get up for the awards ceremonies, yep. you never knew somebody in a local newspaper would snap a shot, yep. oh, here's the finalist. So you'd put stickers on your T-shirt of all your sponsors. I did. That could be, you know, maybe it's a little local paper. You might get 
two, one, 200 bucks if yeah. all your logos are Exactly, exactly. So I learned all that from this guy and how to invoice your sponsors, how to make copies, send it in. So we were regulars at the copy centers making copies mm-hmm. of all that. Mm-hmm. When a lot of other guys who were pro bodyboarders, they never even bothered to make copies and send them to their sponsors. So they were leaving money on the table, really. But, you know, that's, I mean, again, that goes back to the longevity of your career, you know? Again, you know, willing, willing to speak to the press. Uh, you know, people are curious. Yeah. People are, people are curious to, to, to uh, find out what you're, you know, what you were thinking, what contributed to, to your success, what contributed to that win. And, and, uh, just working, just, yeah. just working, working with the, with, with the press and, Learning how to speak. Yeah. <laughs> so, right? Did you speak pigeon when you were growing up in Hawaii? No, one of the fun. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and one of the one of the funniest things is I'm uh this so this would have been eighty one or so. Um, I'm at Carl Ring's house in Mission Viejo, and there's this big lizard. This big lizard, and it has a lot of thorns on it. Right. <laughs> They teased me all summer because the first thing I said when I saw that lizard was, oh, such big tons. <laughs> tons. <laughs> such big tons. <laughs> How many? Tree. Tree. <laughs> so so yeah. that was it. This pigeon stopped. No, it, 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 uh, it was still there. Well, you had, you know, that's how you fit in in Hawaii. Yeah, right? yeah, speak, yeah, yeah, speak yeah, yeah, pigeon. yeah. So, yeah. all right. So you're living in San Clemente. I had moved in and we just, we had a um, pretty amazing place. We had basically, it was like a flop house for anyone who was in town mm-hmm. for bodyboarding. Mostly guys from Hawaii would yeah. stay with us. Yeah. And we would just spend our days at Tea Pit. We would go all day, just sit there. We'd surf a couple times. And in between, grommets would get corn dog and pink bellied, right? Uh, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was brutal back then. Uh, I'm surprised. I mean, to be quite honest with you, it was brutal. Yeah. It was brutal. I mean, you know, pink bellies, corn dogs, um, Kids, you know, kids coming to the beach, uh, jump in the water, and they come out looking for their stuff, and it's buried six feet under the sand. <laughs> Even I got corn dog yeah. when I first moved to San Clemente. Yeah, you know, uh, there, there was a period. There was a period. There was a period back then when um, the top guys, Cameron Steele, myself, you, yeah. uh, Caven, a couple of others, were sponsored by the same wetsuit brand, which was O'Neill. Yeah. And if you did not have an O'Neill product. Um, either or, or, or logo on your board, you were not allowed to hang out at the tables. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. Yeah, but yeah. It doesn't surprise yeah. me. And, and, and um, <laughs> so if you came down with 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 uh, uh, another brand, you would have to sit on the fourth table. That's the definition of guerrilla marketing, right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> but we were, we, we were pretty, we were pretty brutal back then. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the cool thing is, you know, we all had a session today out of T Street. Keith, Cameron, myself, and Caven was out there, and a couple faces from the old days. You know, it just feels familiar. You know, I mean, we've been surfing that spot for almost four decades, and, and not a whole lot has changed. The wave is still there. Mm-hmm. The snack bar is still there. Keith was hanging by the snack bar when he got out, just like we I, used I did, to. I did. And, you know, w- one of the other kids that, that we used to pick on back then, you know, skinny kid who was probably 80 pounds was Eric Apple. Yeah. <laughs> he came He came out today. Today, you know, Eric today is uh, just about six feet tall. Yeah. He's 200 pounds, fit as can be. Uh, 
He's like an MMA fighter now. Yeah, so. he, 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 <laughs> Much he, like Kainoa, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Big so, and gnarly. Yeah, so it, it was fun. It was, it was pretty cool. Those were the good times, man. So the first year I lived in California, we, we were going to spend the winter in Hawaii because that was the way to do it. You'd stay on the North Shore for four months work with photographers every day because bodyboarding magazine was kind of new it was it started in 85 and this was the winter of 87 88 Mm -hmm. and so keith and i were roommates andy fomenko pro surfer was good friends with keith i had met andy uh that fall of living in san clemente so we rented a house at waimea we did we did so there were three bedrooms um jay had the the one closest to the mountains i had the one in the middle Andy had the one closest to the road, which is the bigger one. Um, then we had the big living room. We rented out one corner of the living room to Danny Kim. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then we had revolving guests. Um, Kevin Okamura was one of the, the, the revolving guests, uh, along with his, along with his uh, twin brother, Stephen. And then we had... Um, Nigel Tarverton. Oh my God. And yeah. Pierre, Pierre Per Lofstrom yeah. also uh, spent time at the house. South African guys. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. uh, that was amazing. I was talking to Andy about that earlier <laughs> of, again, how some of the torture oh uh, continued. But unfortunately, the torture was. Co- because there were no grommets in, in, in the house. Was, um, it was concentrated on... On me? On Jay. I'll just fill you guys in. So we didn't have a TV. We couldn't. We didn't want to pay for cable. We were too cheap. So we had these old boards, Mori boards, because we were sponsored by Mori, that we used for photo shoots. And we had finished the photo shoot, so we, we were bored one night. We took these little tourist magazines and made paper darts. This is just <laughs> one of the tortures. I'll get into another one in a minute. So... The paper darts I had never seen, but I forget if it was you or Andy or someone was blowing these paper darts and they were sticking into these boards. I couldn't believe a piece of paper could be so sharp. So I said, shoot it on my back. I I can't believe that's going to pierce my skin. (laughs) So I stood there like an idiot and Andy shoots one at my back. It literally made me bleed. Uh I couldn't believe it, man. So that was just the beginning. Now, the Bad album, I think, came out from Michael Michael Jackson. Jackson. Uh Keith loved that album, and he would play it relentlessly, so much to the point where I couldn't stand it anymore. I begged him to not play it. Is this ringing a bell to you? Well, it was was actually called Michael Jackson Hour. Okay, yeah, every day. Uh, Every day, Michael Jackson Hour. Okay, and so we would start the Bad album, okay, and Jay would would tolerate it up to a certain point. <laughs> and Jay was famous, he still is famous, for changing lyrics uh. of a song. <laughs> so Michael Jackson would be singing. And so Michael Jackson would be singing, and then all of a sudden Jay would start singing Michael Jackson. But he said, I can't stop changing my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And so when that would happen, Annie and I would look at each other, and we'd start the album all over again that was my punishment that was his punishment (laughs) and then let's talk about pear and nigel what they did to me with my cupcake okay well the the cupcakes too is is too brutal it's too graphic too too graphic but one of the best ones is jay and i think vicky told me that he still does this to a certain point so jay would buy a bag of chips and 
he turns the chips around so he can get the crumbs first. <laughs> and so a 12-ounce bag, he knows he has 12 servings. That's just one thing. Okay. still like this. Same thing with the cereal. Yeah, you know, he he would divide it to a certain point. Yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, right. well, and, portion and, it out. Portion, portion it out. So uh, here's Jay. He's at the bottom of his cereal, whatever whatever it may have been back then, and then he's at the last four ounces of his milk. <laughs> okay, I've got it. Perfect. I perfectly, got just enough milk for the just enough cereal. Perfectly proportioned out. Okay. So Jay, here he is, it's, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, having his his uh, his breakfast, about ready to have his breakfast. Literally, you know that Nigel oh. woke up at six forty-five. Oh no! Had the last of Jay's milk. Yeah. Filled up the milk carton with water. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it. Jay shakes the milk carton. Oh, yeah, there's milk in there. Puts it on his cereal. Jay doesn't swear that much. No, man. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was just There's some choice day. words. It was every day. Every, I had a every, car that wouldn't start a lot. The, the Wigigamobile. Wig- 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 because yeah, I would yeah. turn the key and I'd go, Wigiga, Wigiga, Wigiga. And I could hear Keith and all the guys in the house cracking up because I was dying to get to Rocky Point for a photo shoot and I couldn't start my car. Wigiga, Wigiga, Wigiga. But what what added yeah. to your frustration was, as you, you mentioned uh, in the very beginning, is that I would hire your wetsuits. Yes. And so you, you received brand new wetsuits and we hit them for you we hid them from you for several days and we finally gave them to you and so you're motivated to go get photos because it, it, i think the weather had been bad for several days and this is your first occasion to get uh, photos in your sunshine. new wetsuits but your car would not start because of the rain oh my god yes yeah and it just added to your frustration oh god yeah. that was great was, uh, fun times um I'll, I'll share one more story Keith, we could go on for like two hours, but let's just finish one more story, and then some other time we'll we'll Sounds cover good. the rest of your career in life. But this is a story that happened that winter, and you'll remember this vividly, Keith, because it was uh, I think it was Friday, January thirteenth, nineteen eighty eight. Yep. It was a, a, a rainy night. There was like lightning and thunder, mm-hmm. and we decided we would go to the poly. Outlook. Uh-huh. And the, the legend was that, first of all, if you saw these little lights in the woods, they were many hoonies. Mm-hmm. And if you looked them in the eye, you would die or something like that. So, so you right? would meet your, yeah, you would meet your maker. You'd meet your maker. So right. do not look at the little lights in the woods if you go at night to the poly lookout. And also, somebody decided that because pork, bringing pork to a Hawaiian, like, holy place like that was mm-hmm. not good. It was taboo, right? It, it was. It was considered taboo. <laughs> like the Brady Bunch. Yeah. So, you know, Kevin and I were, were real skeptical at, at doing it. Danny Kim was, was oh, terrified. Oh, terrified. But Andy, our really good friend, really wanted to take on the dare. Yes. And so did Jay and our good f- photographer friend, uh, Brian Bielman. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Jay... Being on a budget, <laughs> ran to Foodland and came back with pork sausage links. I think no, it was pig, pig's foot. Was, I got a pig's foot. I remember because I was in Foodland. Okay, somebody brought some, somebody brought like a like a, a sausage probably. links. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's probably Billman. Jim Neen. But anyway, so um, 
we take two cars up there. We take two cars up there, and uh, we decided to go up um, as the clock turned into Friday the 13th That's at, right. at midnight. That's right. And we're there, and <laughs> we're uh, waving the pork around, and we're even <laughs> taunting Things we shouldn't. Be we shouldn't. So, Stupid we, kids. yeah. Um, nothing happened. Nothing happened that um, night. That night. But I do. I do remember driving back to the to the North Shore. I was I was driving one of the cars, and um, I'm not sure who was in the car. It's probably Danny and Caven, um, Andy for sure. And we're going down the Long Pineapple Hill. I turn off the lights in the car. <laughs> Turn off the lights in the car going downhill, and I step on the brakes, and I scream. I yell, and Danny and Caven and whoever else scream. Scream like, you know. <laughs> these days, you can't, see, you can't see what they, swear, they scream oh, like. Yeah. But anyways, so nothing happened to us right. when we were there. So but we the, okay. Yeah, we're but the, home free. But the next day, which was Friday the 13th, we gave Jay's wetsuits back. And that's when his car wouldn't start. That's so right. no photos for Jay. Yeah. No photo incentives. I tweak my shoulder. Yeah. Okay. Caven. Caven got in, in some sort of trouble. I forgot what it was. I I I think I'm not sure if if uh, he had to get to work. That was Polson. Sean. That Polson was Polson. Who was with us. Polson late was for work. late for work. Right. Late almost for, got fired. Almost got fired. Steven. His leash broke on his brand new surfboard into the rocks at at Rocky Point. Yeah. Um, Do you remember what happened to Beelman? Okay. Danny had girl problems. Oh, well, that was ongoing. (laughs) (laughs) And then Beelman had what he thought one of the best photo sessions of his life. All of a sudden, he's like, I've been shooting for like about 80 minutes on this roll of film. Yes. You know, 30, 36 slides back then. You could push it to 38 probably. Then he realizes he doesn't have film in the yes. camera. Yes. Missed all the Missed all of that. So somehow the gods got us back. We all had bad luck the next day. It taught us all a lesson not to mess, not, with, not, not to mess with it. Yeah, yeah. So that was just that winter of 87. We went on, you know, to have uh, a lot of years in the North Shore. That yeah. was the only year we stayed together, as I recall. But yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, tr- truly stayed together. I mean, we, you know, we may have sh- shared a couple days here, shared a couple days there. Yep. You, you eventually um, scored the best spot on the whole North Shore every <laughs> single year for several years. <laughs> I right. crashed. Um, I crashed on the floor a couple days when when Chris Cunningham was uh, your uh, your roommate back Smoke then. Up, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So that good times at the beginning of my career in the middle of Keith's career and the the stories go on forever as I said we'll pick up some other time with kind of the rest because there's so much more to tell really but we've been here for over an hour and I know I want to finish working get home Keith wants to get where he's going so Folks, thank you for watching. Keith, thanks, man. Totally appreciate thank it, Thank you, man. Jay. 40 years almost as friends now. And, you know, I don't know if we'll still be alive 40 years from now. <laughs> I doubt it. Push, push me down on Diamond Head in my wheelchair <laughs> with my with my depends on. Yeah. And, 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 you know, again, you know, thanks, thanks to Jay. Thanks yeah. to Jay. I, I met great people as well. You know, Buckwheat. 
Yes, Buckley. our friend Buckley, who I'm going to get on a show at some point. No, you sh- scrawly. Yeah. You know, your, your brother, your, your, your mom, your dad, you're your walking through, walking through uh, the, the donut shop and having the best donuts in the world. Yeah, now, I met really good people through Jay as well. So, and we're, you know, a lot of us are still friends. We still keep in touch. Facebook, yeah. social media helps with that. Certainly. And, yeah, certainly. you know, and, and Keith, when he comes to town, we get to surf. When I go to Hawaii, we meet up. So... You know, we may not see see each other for a year or two at a time, but it's you know we just fall right back into it. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a blessing. So yeah, and we'll yeah. We'll, we'll we'll continue the story. We'll try not to uh, to uh, bring up some of the more graphic. <laughs> we'll do that one. Things uh, that I did with my VCR uh, and. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. We'll, we'll do a, another channel for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, folks, thank you for watching and listening on the podcast. If you've enjoyed this interview with Keith, give it the thumbs up. Put some comments down below. This guy's a legend. Uh, he definitely is, uh, you know, a guy that I want to interview again because we're such good friends, and he's so important to the sport. So that'll do it for now for The Real Deal Show, folks. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time, and we'll see you in the surf. Mahalo. See ya.